You are now listening to Cultural Survival's Global News Bulletin. News from Indonesia. The Indonesian government has announced a plan to establish what they call food estates at the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic because it said it wanted to ensure Indonesia's food security. But releasing a report entitled Pandemic Power Grabs Who Benefits from Food Estates in West Papua, the Awas Mifi and Tapo said that these plans would seem to benefit agro-industrial conglomerates and oligarchs with close connections to figures in government. Based on previous and current plans, food estates could lead to ecological ruin and further sideline the indigenous population in West Papua. And in news from Japan, Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida expressed his commitment to take steps to reduce the US military presence in Okinawa, which is regarded by the customary land of Ryukyuyan, indigenous peoples known as Okinawan. He made the comments at the ceremony held on May 15th to mark the 50th anniversary of the reversal of Okinawa from US control. The US military bases were built following World War II. Okinawans who oppose the presence say that military bases have been a major source of pollution and noise. Many also blame US military personnel for violent crimes that have had an impact on residents and say the culture, history and language of the indigenous Rukyuan people are disappearing. In South Africa now, according to the Department of Sports, Arts and Culture, standardization and transformation of geographical names will remain a key priority going forward as the rate of transformation is too slow. As a result, the department plans to increase awareness campaigns to encourage South Africans and local communities to participate in the naming processes. Natim Tetwa, the Minister of Sports, Arts and Culture, announced a number of name changes in the Eastern Cape in February 2021, saying they were part of a state transformation initiative. Here are some of the most notable changes. Port Elizabeth to Kaibeha, Yutenaik to Kariha. Both of these have references to languages spoken by Khoikhoi people. Staying in South Africa, Blade Nzimande, Minister of Higher Education and Training, has shared his opinion regarding the status of Afrikaans, Khoi and San as indigenous languages. After these languages are recognized as indigenous, they cannot be legally deprived of the resources allocated to promoting and developing indigenous South African languages, including at South Africa's universities. Nzimande has stated that the definition of indigenous language in the policy framework was solely used to highlight the historical marginalization of African languages as a result of colonial and apartheid legacies and the need to promote the development of these languages for scholarly purposes. The Khoi language family is included in the definition of indigenous, according to Nzimandi. Nzimandi also said the policy did not mean Afrikaans was to be removed and not further developed, but that all previously marginalized languages were to be treated equally. To Mexico now, the Dialogue Movement Organization in Campeche and the popular Indigenous Regional Council of Spujil filed the first writ of protection order before the first district court of Campeche against the Mayan train, which until now has not had a definitive resolution. The same can be said for other writs of protection in the seven different sections of the railroad in Campeche, Yucatan, Quintana Roo, Tabasco and Chiapas. Mexican President Manuel López Obrador said that priority economic activities could not be stopped due to the health contingency of COVID-19 and none of those was the Mayan train. Currently, the work is 50% complete despite the declaration due to the health contingency.
In Guatemala now, on May 11th of this year, Mayan authorities and human rights defenders marched to the Congress of the Republic of Guatemala to meet with the President of the Legislative Body, Shelly Johanna Rivera Zaldana, to show their dissatisfaction with the approval of the Initiative of Law 5923 called Rescue and Privatize the Ceremonial Centers of Indigenous Peoples throughout the country, violating the right to practice their worldview. It is said that the President of Congress treated the Mayan authorities in a humiliating, derogatory and discriminatory manner. After an exchange of objectives, the legislator announced the decision to postpone the vote in Congress and to organize a follow-up meeting with the Mayan authorities for June 2nd. The United Nations Committee for the Elimination of Racial Discrimination made a pronouncement calling out the state. The postponement is an opportunity to carry out a consultation with the indigenous peoples. In El Salvador, environmental organizations and communities demand that the state attend to their demands and not prioritize the interests of sugarcane agro-industry, which has caused damage to the health of the population and the environment. Jose Acosta of the organization Voces de la Frontera denounced once again that the tragedy is happening in the communities surrounding the sugarcane monocultures. The sugarcane industry announced that it broke the record of the previous harvest but does not disclose, for example, the strong impact on public health and the increase in the number of people suffering from kidney failure due to the use of toxic agrochemicals in the production of sugarcane, which also contaminates the water according to the affected communities. According to environmentalist estimates, approximately 111,000 hectares of sugarcane are cultivated throughout El Salvador, mostly in the coastal zone. That is all for this edition of Cultural Survival's Global News Bulletin. For more on the rights of indigenous peoples, visit cs.org and follow Cultural Survival on Facebook and Twitter.